under your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, it's us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jimmy Clark. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What a day. What a day. Now, it's all about narratives, folks. It's all about narratives. It's not about exact fact-finding missions. It's not about the truth, pure and simple, because it's rarely pure and never simple. It's about narratives. So the big news of the weekend is Robert Mueller's report has been submitted, memo, whatever you want to call it, submitted to the Attorney General of the United States. The Attorney General came out with a brief summary that essentially gives the uh, highlights of this whole thing. And the big headline is, of course, quoting Robert Mueller. The investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in its election interference activities. Obstruction of justice, Mueller says we didn't find a crime of obstruction, but we didn't exonerate him either. And who the hell knows where that'll go. Essentially, he threw it into Congress's lap. But Troy is here, as he is on most Mondays. And what have I been saying on the Russia thing for the longest time? Wait until the report? Yes. Pretty much. It's pretty much what I've been saying. Because, especially if you're, say, a mainstream Democrat, and you're weaving all these theories, I sent you a piece, uh, which is really a chapter in his new book, Matt Taibbi put out, where he's, I mean, he's definitely a man of the left. He supported Bernie Sanders in 16, so maybe that gave him some extra fire in his belly because Hillary and the DNC stole it. Um, But I think Taibbi was on top of this. I think Glenn Greenwald was on top of this. They said, you are overblowing this accusation of Trump colluding with the Russians. And Taibbi puts it in pretty stark terms. It's not, oh, Trump might as well be a spy. He might as well have colluded based on his policies and what he said. No, the way y'all were spinning this is that he did it. And he is literally an agent or useful tool, these sort of things. And Tybee goes through, you can find the story on my Facebook page. He goes through so many instances of stuff that you forget unless you document it like Tybee did. That like, okay, what was it? The Russians have hacked a Vermont power plant. And then like two days later, well, it turns out the Russians didn't hack the power plant. I don't think anybody hacked it. It was just a failure of the software. This is how crazy this stuff got. There's a Russian under every bed. And it's a bot. Every case. 
You ever hated somebody so much that whatever they did, yes, you knew that it was because of how much you hated them that they were just that evil? Yeah, and that's what struck me this whole time. Since Trump was elected, it reminded me of like a married couple I might know or a, a couple I might know. And they won't split up because for some reason there's this codependent love-hate relationship going on. But you can tell every word they're saying to one another is like a dagger. Like, oh, I got you under the table. Here, let me slit your Achilles tendon here. <laughs> like, it's just, it's not, a, it's toxic. It's not a fun thing to be around. So that's why I've been saying, oh, looks like we have a standard here. We have some goalposts here to kick the football through. It's Robert Mueller's investigation. And don't get me wrong, there are people on the right this whole time who've been damning Robert Mueller's name and is Rod Rosenstein a white hat or a black hat? What I mean, the Jeff Sessions, what's he been up to? Why did he recuse himself? Like all this stuff. Like let it play out. <laughs> this yeah. doesn't happen in a 24-7 news cycle, let alone in a year or a month. It's going to take a while. And what they spent, the estimates are 25 to $40 million Mueller spent. 500 witnesses, like 2,800 subpoenas. He so, spent all that money, but did he not make it all back and then some? Mueller? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he'll make it back. No, I mean, the the cash that they seized oh, they throughout might. the course of the investigation, <laughs> it actually like paid for itself it, and, it might and have, then some. Because Manafort had a lot stashed overseas. Mm-hmm. Well, and they might have seized Russian assets, too. Of the well, and then there's that whole uh, shadow company and country behind that sealed indictment. Right, they just lost their case in the Supreme Court today. Right, it's a Russian affiliated shadow company they, or something. They they won't release the name of the country or the name of the company. <clears throat> but suffice it to say, the United States government is lev- levying them a fifty thousand dollar a day fine for every. Day they don't show up into court. Wow. So they're at like $5 million now. It could be Chinese. There's been a lot of that going on recently, too. Mm-hmm. Could be Chinese. I don't know. Could be Russian, could be Chinese. I have a proposition for you. Mm-hmm. Instead of Republicans and Democrats, why don't we have two new parties? Okay. And you mentioned this when you said useful tool. Yeah. The useful tools and the useless tools. <laughs> I want to be a useless one. Well, you're not in either camp. Oh, okay. It it is only it's it's a quantum party. Oh, okay? right. It right. is only once You're... you observe the subject, right? Do you then decide at Are that they moment? Useful or useless? Regardless, they will be a tool. Regardless, a tool is a tool is a tool. Right. Like I heard somebody remind me of uh, Elizabeth Warren. She was described by some progressive writer as a moral drill bit. Like, that's not far off. She is quite the tool. She is a tool, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there are a lot of tools walking around. I see your point. Mm -hmm. And then depending on the day or the political narrative, they're useful or useless. Right. I mean, look at Trump. I'm I'm not calling him a tool, but for a lot of the people that put him up on a pedestal, the man sure surrounded himself with a lot of tools. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what powerful people do. It seems like every person that is in power is surrounded by tools. Well, and that's actually what I think a lot of evangelical voters around these parts, why they support Trump so strongly, like, obviously a devout, buttoned-up, evangelical Christian conservative doesn't like the idea that Donald Trump is sleeping around on his wife with Playboy Playmates and porn stars. Like, no. That's like, 
I don't know if it's literally in the Bible or anything, but you know, thou shalt not commit adultery. Yeah, that's a, one of the Ten Commandments. Yeah, it's one of those one of those ten. Yeah, yeah. But consistency has never really been a big thing with but, them. But evangelicals don't care. They they don't care if the guy doesn't live up to their moral standard. What they care about Supreme Court nominees, <laughs> and they got those. They got Kavanaugh. They got Gorsuch. I think Gorsuch was better than Kavanaugh, but. And also with the Supreme Court, it's a wash, folks, because as soon as the court changes its makeup, John Roberts is now going to act more like a swing vote, which he has in several cases. So I don't think the end of, say, something like Roe v. Wade is imminent by any means. These folks, once you put them on there for life, are on there for life, which means they can do what they want for the most part within the confines of American jurisprudence, and they can figure these things out. But I want to get back to your point about a tool. Because it does remind me of wrestling. Democrats, it's like Triple H taking out his sledgehammer and beating people over the head with it. And breaking backs and kneecaps with it. And for the longest time, he's been they've been using this Mueller tool. All of a sudden, Triple H, the mainstream media, the Democrats, they get tripped up. The sledgehammer falls out of their hands. In this case, the Mueller investigation. And now, look who's there to pick it up. A beaten and battered but alive, Donald J. Trump. And he picks up that sledgehammer and he uses it against them. I have a feeling that's what's about to happen. I think you're jumping the gun. I think it's going to happen a lot. I think you're jumping the gun. The circus has just started. Oh, I agree with that. There's going to be all sorts of bloodshed. There's going to be all sorts of back and forth. Totally depends on what gets subpoenaed. Hmm. In my opinion. By the current, like, Jerry Nadler and Adam Schiff and the Democrats controlling the House and Congress. Yeah. I mean, it depends on what information comes to light. Because, mm. so let's let's look at it from a voter perspective. Those evangelicals, they got their Supreme Court picks. Yes. Now it really wouldn't take much of a nudge to have them look at how inconsistent Donald J. Trump is. Yeah, but they still want to get rid of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So they want another pick. God's got a plan for her. <laughs> I'm sure he does. God bless her. She's holding on. I know she is. I'm amazed. What, she broke a hip or broke a rib or two? Yeah, she, she did. Survived cancer diagnosis recently. Tough road. Yeah. But, back to my point. Sure, they might want another pick. And the Republican Party is going to have to do a pretty stellar job of making sure that that pick is priority. All the Dems got to do is just be like, see? Look at him. Mm. Look at Donald. And that's what they're going to try to do. Right. So it depends on what comes out. Legally, it's it seems like Mueller says, I got nothing. He also doesn't say... Trump's got nothing. Right. At least with the obstruction thing. Now, if any information comes out of there that sways the court of public opinion, if you will, mm -hmm. it could be very bad for Donald Trump. I mean, his children and top advisors in the White House already make mistakes. And yeah. you know me. I like to be consistent. What Hillary might have done is worse. Mm -hmm. It was. But what they have done and are currently doing is... It's just, it's Let's, stupid. It'll bring a spotlight, that's for sure, and it already is. 
But here's my point, and it's why what we're dealing with here... Significant weather advisory. Oh, yes. The bad weather, the storm clouds brewing, politically and literally. Sledgehammer of the Lord. Mm-hmm. See, but this sledgehammer... It, what was the sledgehammer? Was it all the details, all the different news reports that came and went, all the theories? Came, no. It, it's, it's like the wall. It's a single symbol. And the single symbol was Donald Trump colluded with the Russians. We know he did. And then, and we're going to be backed up by Robert Mueller. Right. And that, it's that simple. Like, more details might come out, and I think some people will eat it up. Some people that are looking. But the, the circus has just begun. Right. But the general narrative of Donald Trump colluded with the Russians and just wait till Robert Mueller puts out his report. And when that report comes out, it says he did not. Trump is going to use that sledgehammer all day, every day. And then you're bringing me to my point, though. It is about the voter. The report doesn't say that, though. Yeah, it literally does. No, Barr's summary says that. No, he quotes from the special counsel. Here's Barr's words. Quote. Not like I've got it right in front of me. It's the yeah, Attorney General's letter. He says knowingly. He says the special counsel's, these are Barr's words, the special right. counsel's investigation did not find that the Trump campaign or anyone associated with it conspired or coordinated with Russia in its efforts to influence the 2016 U.S. presidential election. That's Barr's words once again, folks. As the report states, Robert Mueller's report, Barr says, quote, the investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in its election interference activities. There's a footnote. In assessing potential conspiracy charges, the special counsel also considered whether members of the Trump campaign coordinated with Russian election interference activities. The special counsel defined coordination as, quote, an agreement tacit or expressed between the Trump campaign and the Russian government on election interference. So the part where there is room, and this is what the Democrats in Congress will run with, is the issue of obstruction of justice. And this is where the special counsel states, quote, while this report does not, this is Mueller's words, while this report does not conclude that the president committed a crime, it also does not exonerate him. And then Barr goes on. The special counsel's decision to describe the facts of his obstruction investigation without reaching any legal conclusion leaves it to the attorney general to determine whether the conduct described in the report constitutes a crime. Over the course of the investigation, Mueller's office engaged in discussions with certain department officials regarding many of the legal and factual matters at issue in the special counsel's obstruction investigation. After reviewing the special counsel's final report on these issues, consulting with department officials, including the Office of Legal Counsel, and applying the principles of federal prosecution that guide our charging decisions, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein and I have concluded that the evidence developed during the special counsel's investigation is not sufficient to establish the president committed obstruction of justice offense. That's also with the scope of the DOJ's running sort of rule that you cannot indict a sitting president. No, and then the next sentence is, our determination was made without regard to and is not based on the constitutional considerations that surround the indictment and criminal prosecution of a sitting president. Glad to clarify that. Yeah. So, which is, you know, and that is, I think, interesting. But at the end of the day, 
even if that that's an interesting legal question, can you indict a sitting president? End of the day, it's in Congress's lap. It always has been since the Constitution was established. Impeachment is the process. So now we see the useless and useful tools. Oh, and you're yeah. right. The circus has just begun. What a start to your weekend, though, if you're Attorney General Barr. I know. Friday night. <laughs> he knew what he was signing what up for. What a start to the weekend. He's like, Rod, stay for a little while. I'm surprised the goalpost hasn't moved yet to questioning Barr's character. Some have tried, but Is he's... he not the man at the center of Iran-Contra? Um... I don't know. Didn't he just shove that whole thing under the under the table? I, I don't know. I'd have to plead ignorance there. That's where I would move the goalposts if I were to move them. But considering... I think they're going to move the goalposts to other forms of corruption like uh, the emoluments clause. Did Donald Trump give special privileges to certain foreign entities? You know, Did he give them stays in his hotels? They're going to move to campaign finance violations potentially. I guess um, what is confusing to me, at least with regards to Paul Manafort. We've established that he is both a terrible person and an opportunistic hyena. Yes. I mean, sounds like a successful makeup for a career in politics. Right. He sold Republican voting data, did he not? Or did he trade it to the Russians? To a Russian, he sold polling data, yeah. That's not illegal? No. Really? I don't believe so. Internal polling data that's property of the campaign? Probably not. I guess as long as there's no identities attached to it. Right. And it could have been, knowing how Manafort operated for so long, it could have easily been Manafort's trying to like just earn trust to somebody so he can do business with them later. Trust him as far as you can throw him. Right. Um, but I want to get to this double turn idea. Joey, the wrestling. Right. It's the double turn. No, and it goes to your point, though. How will the voters see things, especially uh, somebody as flawed and really kind of acts like a bad guy as Donald Trump. He does have his moments, doesn't he? Oh, and he's... he's And Twitter fingers. He is, I will say, Trump's... My favorite quality about the President of the United States is what a lot of people in what we might crudely call elite circles, like in the media and politics, hate. I love that he's rude and crude. I love that he shoots from the hip. I'm not saying he tells the truth. I'm saying that he is like a bull in a china shop when it comes to rhetoric. And yeah. he he does talk like the average guy. He's a wild card. Yes, I like that aspect of him. I like also that he brings things down to earth I in a way that does upset the whole political correctness cart in a way. Sometimes he'll use certain forms of political correctness not associated with the left but things like you know certain symbols you shouldn't touch but here's here's my point is like for instance and i always go back to this that first debate there's trump sending standing center stage with all these other republican candidates next to him and megan kelly comes hard out of the gate saying you've called women slobs fat pigs blah 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 that question to any other person Dead in the water. They're dead. And by the way, the follow-up question from Chris Wallace was, you've gone bankrupt three or four times, which also would make most people dead in the water. But let's go back to Megyn Kelly. You've called women slobs, fat pigs. How do you respond to that? Trump knew. He's like, oh, I know what you're talking about. He cuts her off and goes, only Rosie O'Donnell. Now, was it only Rosie O'Donnell? Probably not. But it made everybody go, oh, he was in a public sp- like spat. With Rosie O'Donnell, who's kind of crazy. 
and fat and like, oh, yeah, that's rude. Well, is she rotund or not? Yes. Like, I mean, and that's where I, that's the one quality about Trump. The man holds his frame. He, he holds his point of view in a conversation or a debate better than many people I've seen. Okay. Even if he knows he's wrong, he's going to, like, hammer you. I will applaud a portion of that quality. Right. The ability to rally people around just a simple phrase, he does that so well. Mm -hmm. Colin, Lion Ted. uh, (laughs) Lil Marco. Pocahontas. Low energy jab. Yeah. (laughs) That is an amazing quality that he brings to the table. But sometimes... I'm like, Donald, I, I want to support what you're saying right here. Right. I can't. So I want to give the example of the double turn. This is what I mean. But we're going to have to do it after the break. Okay. Because it's, it's, I don't think it will necessarily convince you. But there are a lot of people, politics is all about the mushy middle. A lot of people, especially when it comes to elections, a lot of people, I was telling you off air, who saw the Mueller report today, people that said it's a hoax, a witch hunt, echoed the president from day one, are spiking the football. People that have said he colluded, he's a he's an asset for the Russian government, are pretty much sticking to their guns, though they're coming up with other ways of justifying it. And they they used to hail Mueller, now they're downplaying Mueller. Good luck with that. I think the Republicans did the same thing with Cohen. Yes. Oh yeah. No, he's an honest man. He's a terrible person. <laughs> you know. <laughs> What kind of SOB are you? Well, I used to uh, I used to be uh, on the RNC's uh, campaign chair. Like I used to, <laughs> I used to run the RNC. <laughs> and I didn't really run it, but I kind of, I was like the I was like the money man. I was the fix. It's they're on all sides of this stuff, but it's more about the mushy middle, not the hardcore partisans that have their heels dug in and they're playing the game. It's about the folks who don't even watch the news that much. They might tune in once the election gets closer. They've heard about the Russian thing. The the, the average rational person has said what you have said. Yeah. And that's, I'm going to wait for the Mueller report. Right. And, and there was an interesting stat that came out before, last week before this was released. 50% thought it was a witch hunt. That was the specific question. Which specific question. How, do you find the Mueller it, out of a thousand? Hmm? Was it out of a thousand people? Uh, no, I think the sample size was a little larger than that, like fifteen hundred. Local or regional? No, it was a national okay. poll. And so th- it's an interesting question of what will the mushy middle think? What will your average blue collar worker in the Rust Belt think on this particular issue? Would, will this even be the issue as we get into twenty twenty? If I was advising the Democrats. I would run the hell away from this Mueller sledgehammer. Yeah. And I would look to other foreign objects, other tools, in order to take down the president. And, hey, you could maybe talk about policy. That'd be nice. That's what Warren's doing. And then I read... Well, at least, well at not least, her policies. No, Elizabeth. Ex- exactly. Not I mean, yours. She's she's <laughs> pushing her economic policies, and I'm reading them, and I'm, I'm scratching my head. <sighs> no, the word that comes to mind when I read her stuff... It, and it's a word that's been ruined, but fascism. It's not... and say useless tool, but... That too. But, you know, fascism, not in the sense of, like, you know, ethnic cleansing or anything, or the Holocaust. I mean, Go- like... From a government perspective. Yeah, like the economic system of fascism, or has the veneer of capitalism. She said, no, I'm a capitalist, I believe in contracts. No, but you don't. 
Right. But I want the government to step in, you know, and control certain companies that are a certain size. I want them to control their board of directors. And I want Amazon, if they're selling, to answer to all these different bureaucratic boards. Yeah, it's essentially fashion. At least the majority of Democrats have said that they would like to keep the unseen hand unseen. Mm -hmm. She just wants to expose the whole hand. Yeah, that's... This is how central power works. Yeah, and it's not a good trend. And, you know, somebody could seriously talk about our debt and deficits and our long-term obligations. Like, I think Social Security goes bankrupt in 12 years. And if we do nothing, because it's very unpopular to touch Social Security, and rightfully so, people have paid in for years. But if you do nothing, and we haven't... We don't have the money in 12 years, it's an immediate 25% cut to beneficiaries. So we should do something, because I don't want the people who are actually in their 60s and 70s and 80s who are relying on that to get that 25% cut. It's a bigger... I wish this issue was talked about with people, especially our age or in their 40s, that we need big decisions. But is that a big talking point in the media? No, of course not. It's, It's a lot easier to people to get people emotional about something like Roe v. Wade. Yes. Or the president is corrupt and he's colluded with the Russians. And now that that has fallen away, I think it might have in some people's minds created a double turn. And you're going to explain that when we get back. Yes. Good. Show's brought to you by Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group. Eddie was hanging out with me Friday. What a what a guy. Yeah. He lives over on the lake. And as the weather heats up, he starts giving pontoon boat tours. So maybe you've saved up money, you've done well in life, you want that retirement home, or maybe you hit it big early on and you want to live on the lake. Not too far from the city, but enough away. And you sit by the water in the evening, enjoy yourself. Well, he'll give you a pontoon boat tour at 322-0662. Give him a call. Looking to buy a place, sell a place, Eddie Bader knows exactly what he's doing. He has the experience. He's helped himself. He's helped others. He'll teach you about, here's the sort of repairs you need to do, sort of renovations for top dollar on the market. Here's how you pull off a successful open house. He's a very proactive, all-around, well-rounded real estate agent. So if you need a real estate agent, give Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group a call, 322-0662. Again, that number, 322-0662. Joey Clark. Joey Clark. So, tell me about the double turn. The double turn. The most classic double turn that comes to mind was, I believe, WrestleMania 13. And it was Bret Hart, the current I remember him. Yeah. Canadian hero. Yeah, yeah. Came from the Hart family dungeon. His father, Stu Hart, was a legendary Canadian wrestler, trained all sorts of men. Also trained, you know, Brett Owen, um, Jim Neidhart just passed away. Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Him and Brett are being put in the WWE Hall of Fame this year. That was just announced today. Really? Yeah. And um, Natty, uh, Jim the Anvil Neidhart's daughter still competes. She's Natalia in uh, WWE right now. But it was Brett Hart against a newly christened Stone Cold Steve Austin. And so this is before Stone Cold, like, 
had the Austin 316 branding. He had just made that saying, and he was just okay. talking. Austin 316 says, I just whooped your ass. And, like, people loved it. So he's got this already kind of the momentum's just starting, but he's not at the summit where he's going to be. Right. He hasn't become as big as Hulk Hogan, if not bigger. He made more money than Hulk, which is amazing. So, Austin going into the match is considered the heel, the bad guy. He kicks everybody's ass. He flips the bird at everybody, curses them out. Chugs, he doesn't, chugs the beer. Yeah, he doesn't play by anybody's rules but his own. And Bret Hart is supposed to be the babyface, the good guy, the hero who you know kids look up to. And like he'd take his cool-looking sunglasses off and put them on the kids and all this stuff. Well, how you successfully do a double turn is that the babyface becomes a heel and the heel becomes a babyface, all with one match. And how did they pull it off? It's when the baby face goes too far and the heel takes it and takes it and takes it and takes it until you realize, man, that guy, as they said in Austin's case, that's, that's the toughest SOB in the wrestling business. It was an I quit match, I believe, and Brett went too far. They were, there was a no color policy, no blood policy, but they broke that rule hit his head on the bell. Austin's bleeding like crazy out of uh, his forehead. And Brett puts him in the sharpshooter, his classic finishing submission move. And Austin won't, like, submit. And as he, there's this classic image, Austin pushing up the bad guy. And he pushes up and his head rears back, his legs bent, you know, his back bent over his head, and the blood is pouring down his face. And he's, like, yelling or whatever. But he doesn't quit. He never quits. He passes out and loses the match. And people leave that match going, you know, that Bret Hart, I always liked him, but I kind of hate him now. Mm -hmm. And that Stone Cold Steve Austin, he always seemed rough around the edges and, and for himself, but, man, I respect that guy. He's the toughest SOB there is. And I worry, well, I don't worry, I think it's what's happened for some voters, is that Donald Trump, and I'm talking you're your independent, you're middle of the road. The biggest group right now is independents. I've been watching this for so long. Mm -hmm. And like you said, and what I've been saying, I'm waiting on the Mueller report. And they have been hammering him and hammering him and hammering him that something's going to come out. And when it drops, it's like, oh, you've been just beating the hell out of him for no good reason. I haven't, uh, yes, I haven't seen anybody play that yet. Well, that's what's just beginning. The circus is about to begin. I'm telling you, Donald Trump is going to take the sledgehammer known as the Mueller investigation, and he's going to beat the hell out of the Democrats. They'll try to go into other things, and they might have some fruit there. But good luck planting a new garden and a new crop when you're getting the hell beat out of you. And he's going to keep hammering this and hammering this. And it's not going to stop with the Mueller report uh, in that Taibbi article. They're going to go back... To what started this whole thing? Why was Robert Mueller tapped? Not because I fired James Comey. There was an investigation before Comey and firing and all that. Like, when did this, where did this begin? There's a gentleman named Michael Horowitz. He's the inspector general for the Department of Justice. He's already done one report on the Hillary Clinton email investigation in 2016. He came back essentially saying he didn't think the investigation was skewed at all by bias. There were biased people in the FBI, 
And that's where the first initial Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, the two lovers, where their texts came out, where they were very vehemently against Donald Trump. And what are we going to do? How do we stop him? Sort of stuff. Horwood said, my next report will be on, and this is how it, as far as we know, did happen. The Hillary Clinton, the midterm review, as they call it in the FBI, was wrapped up. And I think everybody's looked at that one. Man, they really scrubbed the decks for that. They whitewashed the hell out of that thing. You mentioned it off air just a second ago. In the law, you can be thrown in jail for releasing classified information if you were grossly negligent. You didn't have to do it on purpose. It's like the sailor taking a selfie of himself in a top-secret submarine, and the instrument panel is in the selfie, and he gets thrown in jail, even though all he sent it to was his girlfriend. Another guy sent through a normal Gmail or Hotmail account, we think we've found an Al-Qaeda operative in, in Iraq. And because he didn't go through official channels, he needed to do it quickly, he gets thrown in jail. So, Hillary, that gross negligence got whitewashed into extremely careless by James Comey. Hmm. So, something's already up there, but the inspector general's like, well, there's not enough, in my opinion, to criticize anybody or revisit that case. Well, actually, you, Andrew McCabe, you were found being very untruthful to investigators and you leaked to the media, so you're in trouble and you're fired. That was the one guy whose head was taken off by the first Horowitz report. The second report that has been forthcoming and delayed because of the Mueller investigation, because it touches on the same stuff, can now come out. And it is going to be looking into, after Hillary's midterm review was up, went into Crossfire Hurricane. What a clever name. Great Rolling Stones reference. Goes into Crossfire Hurricane, the counterintelligence investigation into the Russian interference and potential collusion with the Trump campaign. That gets started by, strangely enough, Peter Strzok. Same guy who wrapped up the Hillary Clinton thing pretty quick. Peter Strzok is also the same guy who interviewed Michael Flynn in the White House. And so... All we have right now are mostly conservative press reports on this stuff. So that could be skewed. Who knows? But we do have... It probably is skewed. But we do have an inspector general who's about to give a report. And from what is out there already on Struck and Page and others, the I guess this will come down to what is the origin of the dossier... How is the dossier disseminated? It's uh, actually a big part of Tybee's Which piece. Which dossier? McCain's or Steele's? Steele. And the, well, the McCain dossier is the same one as the Steele dossier. Okay. Do you think Lindsey Graham is cowering right now? I think Lindsey's just you know, I'm playing the game. I'm up here drinking. He I'm was, up he, here. He was the one who told McCain to give it to the FBI, wasn't he? Don't make me smack you with my gavel. <laughs> I'm the head of Judiciary Committee, Troy. No, McCain was late to the party, I would say. Here's what... It's what Taibbi called during the weapons of mass destruction justification for Iraq. And yes, there were weapons of mass destruction in Iraq that were discovered in the first Gulf War. It was assumed there were stockpiles of chemical weapons all over the country, some already secured and being defended, others not secured. That was just kind of knowledge of what was going on in Iraq. The Bush administration played up these threats a great deal. And one of the things they did... Uh, it was called stovepiping, where a government official will make a claim or some authority will make a claim. And then they'll cite, oh, look, and there's a media report, an independent media report backing me up on this thing I've claimed. 
when all along you're the one giving that reporter the information. So it's all doubling back. It's apparently what happened a great deal with the Steele dossier. In fact, the one FISA application we've seen, the Steele dossier is there as evidence of some sort of Russian collusion. And then an article by in Yahoo News by Michael Isakoff is there. And they're presented to the FISA court as two separate independent sources that suggest there might be something up, thus warranting a FISA search or surveillance. Thing is, Isakoff's source is Michael Steele. So they were stovepiping. And in other ways, they're stovepiping by, oh, hey, John McCain, you should give this to the FBI. They wanted this information coming from all different sources in order to back up its, its existence. An interesting thing about the Taibbi piece where he talks about the Steele dossier is when, I think it's Clapper and Brennan and Comey are all there, and Comey is tapped to brief the president on the Steele dossier. The new, well, president-elect. I don't think he's even president yet, Donald Trump. And Comey warns Trump, don't talk about this. I just want you to know it's out there, and it's unverifiable, and Trump's freaking out about it from all press reports to the account. We don't know exactly what happened in that room, but... We can read in between the lines. And Comey is saying, and we know this from his own testimony, that I was wanting to tell him not to talk about it so there's no news story hook. So you talk about it, that it's news. But you can see where Trump's coming from if you look at it this way. He gets this report from Comey, just him and Comey. It's this dossier full of all sorts of stuff, like you had hookers pee on the bed that Michelle and Barack Obama stayed at in some place in Moscow. Like, oh, my God. Like, I wouldn't do that. Like, I would pay them to do other things. So, as Comey's telling the president-elect, don't talk about this, it could be, like, give a news hook. Four days later, the Steele dossier is in the news. But the, the specifics of the dossier aren't there. There's no peeing with hookers. There's no Michael Cohen in Prague. There's no, what is it, Carter Page being offered 16% in Rosneft, which is like a $63 billion company. Yeah, he was going to get that big of a stake in Rosneft. You sure? None of that is in this initial report. What is the news hook to first report the Steele dossier? It's that James Comey briefed the president. So the very thing that Comey's warning the president, don't talk about this, because it'll give a news hook, him briefing him gives the news hook. And somehow, that information of the briefing gets to the press less than a week after he briefs them. And you think it was Comey? I don't know if it was Comey. I actually suspect it's... uh, I don't think it was Comey. I think it was somebody else, like Brennan or Clapper. So it makes me... All this stuff, though, the reason I know it is just press reporting. I don't... I'm not an investigator. I'm not sitting there going, how did this all work? I'm just saying he's going to use that Robert Mueller sledgehammer... Beat him to beat him to beat him. They're going to say, release the full Mueller report. And he's going to say, all right, and now let's release all the FISA applications for Carter Page, which was done four times. And see what the justification was in the FISA application documents. And if that justification, because there's been some quibbling over this, no, the reason they opened up a FISA you know, surveillance warrant is because of Papadopoulos meeting with somebody. 
we're now finding that a lot of those, the, one of the people Papadopoulos met with was an actual FBI informant. So it, it's there's some weird things going on. I'd like to see what Horowitz says, the inspector general. I'd like to see where this goes. My point is this. If you're a Democrat presidential candidate, I'm not talking about Jerry Nadler in the House. Nadler's going to do what Nadler's going to do. And he's going to look, as you pointed out, for new things. Move the goalposts to campaign finance violations. Move the goalposts to... That's an SDNY, right? Yeah. Move it to the Southern District of New York, generally. Yeah. Or make it a whole indictment of the Trump family and organization. I, and I'm really... I'm kind of surprised they didn't RICO the whole thing. Right. Well, and maybe. Oh, by the way, one player in all of this saga... Because Tybee makes a brilliant point. He says... You're, you yelled Russian collusion, Trump's an asset of the Kremlin. And yet what really all we have that's concrete is that Trump used Mr. Pecker and Michael Cohen to pay off a porn star that he allegedly slept with after she spanked him with a magazine that had his face on it. Which maybe or maybe not's a campaign finance violation, that's, but that's a little bit off from he's an asset of the Kremlin to... He had sex with a porn star and tried to keep it quiet. It does seem more tame. Yeah, but also more salacious at the same time. I don't know. But here's Where I come from, I would much prefer the porn star thing. Likewise. To be the truth. Oh, yeah. And what they were saying. Oh, no, and the way she described their meaning and their little dalliance sounded kind of hot. Was, did you not have a really good 30 minutes today with Avenatti? That's what I was about to bring up. The Southern District of New York has now taken that porn star's lawyer, and they got him by the balls. Oh, my goodness. It's bad, folks. The top prosecutor for the Southern District of New York came out today and gave a presentation, and it'll still have to, he'll have his day in court, but it doesn't look good, because apparently Avenatti went to Nike, said, I I have some information on you. From an AAU coach. Mm-hmm. And the AAU coach is his client. By the way, before SDNY came out with this, like 30 minutes before, Avenatti posted a tweet saying he was going to have a press conference at 3 p.m. about Nike and information that Nike was paying players. <laughs> his client, an AAU coach, is believed to have known of Nike's fa- facilitations of payments through AAU basketball, right. which is traveling basketball. Right. And so Avenatti... In a phone call that was being recorded to Nike's lawyers said, I want you to give my client $1.5 million. This goes away. Furthermore, I want you to hire me to conduct an internal investigation of your organization and you will pay me anywhere from 15 to $25 million. Yes. This is... Well, uh, Nike's... Which is conspicuously the same amount of cash flow problem that he was having when he filed for bankruptcy. Right. I shall continue, though. He said, if you do not do this, I will crush your market share anywhere from 5 to $10 billion. And for that 30 minutes, after he made that tweet, before the SDNY came out and said that they arrested him, Nike's market share dropped quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But that's extortion, Avenatti. Well, and this is why uh, you don't mess with major corporations with brilliant lawyers, because after the first phone call where he contacted them and essentially tried to blackmail them, mm-hmm. they immediately called the FBI. Yep. And the FBI is like, yeah, play along, and we'll coordinate the calls, we'll record everything. They got him. Like, he's... Oh, 
He always seemed like a sleazy character. He's but. he's going full Cohen, actually. Yeah, this is never going to be in a never going to be in a court of law again. I mean, but what if you're Donald Trump? What a day! Robert Mueller's report says you didn't collude with the Russians. Michael Avenatti is pretty much done. Now I don't know. It just it it brings me back to my double turn idea. Does he succumb to hubris though? Trump? Yeah, you can't complete the double turn if you succumb to hubris. Right, if he takes this great day mm-hmm. of all these good things that has have happened to him today, or at least relatively speaking, and he starts getting those hot Twitter fingers again, just punching away. Well, it's one tool in the toolbox. Is if he uses it correctly, you know, he he's very much prone to you know pride comes before the fall. But the Mueller sledgehammer will be used to essentially fight back against anything that questions his character or any new uh, salacious charges. That will be used. Like, look, they accused me of this. Wasn't true. Just like the investigator general's Hillary thing. Because for the longest time, as far as I recall, the Democrats or at least non-politicians that are Mm left-leaning, that is to say the everyman on the left, kept quoting the butter emails <laughs> in, in sort of an ironic way. Mm-hmm. And they were using the investigator generals. Inspector uh, ins- general. Inspector yeah. generals. Report, yeah. To say there was nothing wrong. That was their hammer. Mm-hmm. Now this is Trump's hammer. Oh, absolutely. But the circus has just begun. I've been pretty tired of this. Yeah. And I'm I have a feeling it's going to get worse before it gets better. Oh, I wish we wouldn't move the goalposts. I wish it wasn't the politics scandal and tearing down somebody's personality or business dealings. And it was about policy. Because I think there are serious things to discuss. Very serious things. Yeah. But that's not what they're going to do. No, and it, it just it's amazing how it did play into Trump's hand. It, you know, like, just on the... This is a, why it will be such a powerful hammer. Fake news. Fake news. Fake news. Now he has literally two years worth of fake news, the number one narrative on the nightly news and on the front pages of the New York Times and the Washington Post. Mm -hmm. It was all fake. Do you think he got Stormy on the line (laughs) and said, let's get this newspaper? Listen here, horse face. (laughs) He did call her horse face. This is what I mean by he's rude and crude, but it's... It's kind of funny too, Some, at the same time. It, it, it's it's really hard to like him. And I voted for the guy. Yeah. It's really hard to like him. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's uh, Ben Gillette put it. He's like, when he was on The Apprentice for, with Trump, he's like, I love to hang out with Trump. Trump was great. I would hang out with Trump all day, every day. I don't want to be my president, but I'd hang out with him. Like, that was Penn's point of view. He's like, of course he said things that were ridiculous. We were doing reality TV. That's the whole point of reality TV. And the reporter's like, "Uh, could you tell us some of these things? No. I'm not playing that stupid game of yours. I like Penn Jillette's takes. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of them, anyway. They're... The way he... He comes across as someone that... Here's my information... Oh, yeah. This is what I'm working with. Ben's a good guy. Here's my opinion. Well, Teller, by the way, is uh, a brilliant man, too. On You can hear him talking on podcasts they do. He's great. Really? He's, he's, I think, the true brains behind all that operation. I know he's the one that is more uh, into illusions and explaining them. Mm-hmm. All that. Yeah, he's, I think, the real 
Penn's the better showman mm-hmm. and talker, whereas Teller is very much uh, the brains behind the operation. They're both brilliant men, and what they do is incredible. But, yeah, I just I look at uh, Donald Trump, and what he's going to do is use that Mueller hammer and the fake news hammer. That's just a defensive measure. And he can say, look at the beating I took for so long. And doesn't look how wronged I was. That's the double turn. But then it goes to other things. It will go, and this is if I'm advising a Democrat running for president, stick to the issues. Stick to the issues. You will talk about immigration. You will talk about health care. You'll talk about education policy. You'll talk about the economy. You'll talk about foreign policy. You'll talk about a lot of things. You need to find those few symbols that are completely removed from this circus. It would be refreshing for a lot of people. Get away from the circus, create your own ground, and speak loudly from it. The problem is, if you're a Democrat, that just is going to lead to infighting, and they're going to eat themselves. It's going to be glorious. And you're going to have a president live tweeting it. Yeah. Most presidents before have just stayed away from when they're... Opposition party primaries are going on. No, Trump's going to be, like, feeding the friends. Like, oh, here's some more chum. Eat it up, you sharks. <laughs> like, what a weird day. And so I said, wait on the Mueller report. The Mueller report has come. The Russian collusion thing, I suspected, was not true. But, of course, there will be other things. In my search for information, I would like to see more. Oh, yeah, I'd like to see more, too. I'd like to see a lot. <laughs> a lot of things. Anyway, we're out of time. Viking swords will have to be for another day. Mm. Joey Clark. <laughs>